0: Hey everybody, Paul here. Before we get on the show, I just want to let you know this is this is a very important episode with the climate the way it is. There's no way Adriana and I want to talk about anything else right now. There's a struggle that's been going on for over 400 years in this country now, and it's really brought up to the forefront right now. We don't have to agree politically to agree that human rights matter. So on the show today we have Rhodes Pierre. He has been good friends with Adriana for 20 years, and I. Known him from parties that Adriana's thrown over the years, as well as her wedding, which Rhodes officiated. Among many things that he does, as you'll hear, Rhodes is a stand-up comic, so I originally wanted to have him on to talk about the comedy world during this coronavirus. Then everything literally blew up with the murder of George Floyd. We do touch on the comedy a little bit here, but the main focus is Rhodes' experience as a black man. The best thing we can do right now is listen. So leave your opinions and judgments at the door and listen to what Rhodes has to say. And don't worry, it's not all serious because you know Adriana. And if you know Rhodes, well, Rhodes. (laughs) And one last thing, I will donate $2 for every download of this episode from now until next Friday, June 19th, to the Showing Up for Racial Justice, and to the Providence CP. It'll be uh, $200 max. So... Please download and share this episode, and I will add links to those organizations if you'd like to look into them and support them as well. Just one more note about midway through, there's some audio difficulties for a short period of time that I couldn't edit out. It may be, I think it's around, the, could be around the 20-minute mark or so, and it doesn't last very long. All right, now so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Journey of the Roadrunner. This is Paul here. And Adriana. And Brooks. And, <laughs> and we
1: have our special guest, very close personal friend of mine, Rhodes Pierre. He is an actor, comedian, entrepreneur, and writer. Rhodes Pierre currently works at a Fortune 100 company as a financial service professional. His previous experience includes a variety of roles, such as a brand ambassador, community organizer, educator, and patient advocate. After graduating from Rhode Island College, Rhodes commenced his professional experience in education, instructing both academic and art classes and after-school programs. His passion for experiential learning afforded him the chance to showcase his talent as a performer and educational consultant with Poetry Alive across the continental U.S., Born to Haitian immigrants, Rhodes has lived in many places, including Boston, Port-au-Prince, Haiti, Montreal, Canada, Providence, and New York, and developed his roots in stand-up from life experience and observations. Notable past performances include hosting the Social High 420 comedy tour, as well as host and producer of We the People. He performs improv, sketch, comedy, stand-up voiceover. Man, hold on. I'm still going here. Lots of stuff... And acting at many local and tourist venues in Boston, Providence, New York, on a regular basis. As an advocate for social justice, Rhodes serves as a board member of the meteor, uh, meteor Stage meteor, I'm sorry, Mediator Stage of Providence, the Meteor, where he hosted meditation sessions, uh, mediations. I keep saying meditation mediation sessions, and the featured comic host of the Young Tur. Uh, is that Turks or Jerks?
2: Jerks. There's yep. there's Turks and but were, we were the young jerks. We're local outfit. All right,
1: jerks. the young jerks on wemfradio.com. He is also the board president of Immigrant Family Service Institute in Boston. Likewise, he is an ordained minister. He actually did my and Cindy's wedding. <laughs> Rhodes currently resides in Massachusetts. And I will say one thing: this bio picture is beautiful. Beautiful. You look very young. <laughs> and handsome you. young thank and you. handsome
2: Well, I thank you have yes That picture out then from now on. you
1: should that should be your uh your dating profile too because that is uh that's good stuff right there
2: well thank you thank you absolutely <laughs> be my sereno on uh, my dating profile
1: and ladies for everybody who ends up looking at this profile pic he looks like that in real life too he's you're not going to show up and meet somebody that doesn't look like him <laughs> a trucker with no teeth <laughs> you got this handsome black man and then you show up in the trucker with no teeth <laughs> <laughs> <That's>
2: so, <funny. laughs>
1: so, a so ladies he does look like that in real life i will i will uh definitely <laughs> testify to that so rhodes um and that just to get, we're gonna get touched down on obviously some hot topics today, and I'm um, gonna talk about what you did during the coronavirus, as far as comedy and things like that go. Yes. And uh, I want to say I've known Rhodes 20 years now, right?
0: Yeah. How did you like, guys been meet friends
1: for 20 years?
0: Like. So oh, we, we you met, have different stories. We were, uh, <laughs> a friend actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't know how he met. <laughs> And listen. There was definitely a lot of uh. We were in our, We were young kids. So. Yeah. No, we, we de- met through a, per, a, a personal friend.
2: Yes. And uh, yeah, yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. It, it <laughs> 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 There's lots of other things that go. Yeah. Well, yeah and yeah, I- now we're adults, and we. <laughs> we're doing adult things now. Yes. Yes.
1: Flash <laughs> forward to being adults.
2: Yes. Uh, it's funny. But no, like uh, so What did you guys want to talk about?
1: Well, obviously, we want to talk about what's going on in society right now, and uh, we talked on the phone. we tried to set up your skype last night. Well, we set up your skype, but um yes. <laughs> and then Paul and I were just chatting about some stuff too, and just you know it's it's i think the one of the things that we were talking about too, just a little while ago is you know having having hard conversations with stupid people and that that alone is tough, like I had somebody at work yesterday that uh started a conversation and I couldn't, I'm at work, so I have to really watch my tongue. It just, the, the spewing of the ignorance is just, he's so unaware of how ignorant he sounds a and B and just how ignorant he is. Like, I'm like, what fucking planet are you on, dude? You know, and, and just being unaware that things are not equal for people. Things are not fair. This is, this is, this has been a problem. So the black Panther movement started in 1966 and it was, um, A young black man who was shot by police in san francisco right like this so we're talking about 1966 flash forward this is 2020 and this issue isn't remotely fixed in any way like you know and that's kind of where it's this oh he's like i have puerto rican and black friends who are cops and they're getting bottles thrown at them and they're crying (laughs) and You don't know what it's like. And I'm just like, you don't know. Like, I don't know what it's like. And sir, you're like, what's the, the name they say for like white boys? <laughs> like Chad, like he's a Chad. Like, dude, you, I don't know what it's like. I get that. I understand. I know what it's like, but I'm aware of the fact that I don't know what it's like. You know, someone who is totally oblivious and thinks things are just there. The, and by the end of the conversation, it was there's good people and bad people. I'm like, what? Like, I just felt dumber after the conversation, honestly. And I, I was, I was heated, but I was also like, I felt it, it's sad and embarrassing that someone who thinks they're that smart is just so fucking unaware of other people and the way they feel and what's true in society and, you know, yelling how people are paid the same and things are, I'm like, you know, cause he's in the military. I'm like, maybe people get paid shitty in the same in the military as you claim, but things change when ranks move up, things you know, so just that alone. And I mean, you as a black man, your experience, no one can feel your experience except you and explain it. We can try to empathize. And, you know, I've been in situations, we've been friends 20 years and I've been in situations with you and mm-hmm. seeing things happen to you. I mean, my birthday party, my 40th birthday party, you know, and like. I, I still, and I, you know, other, even my black girlfriends, like in Newport, me and a couple of my girlfriends who both make way more money than me were, were like just the stairs. And I, you know, at first I'm like, I'm just being overprotective of my friends. But then when other people see it, or I, I say to you, Hey, you know, like, do you, yeah, you see it all the time. So it becomes normal. And it's not, it's not fair or and shouldn't, and it isn't normal. You know, it's that none of it's normal that it, and you shouldn't have to feel that way. And, you know, the fact that, As, like, having a a black friend and you can speak honestly about race issues, people who don't, and it can't, they get uncomfortable when you try to bring up the issue of race. They get in this, like, denial, like, this doesn't happen to people. Oh, it's America. I'm like, then you – just because you wave to a person that you see at a job and that's (laughs) not your friend because you have a black friend that you wave to, the mailman or, you know, the guy who does your taxes or whatever, like – that's not your friend that you can have an honest racial conversation with and I think that's where we need to really be able to speak honestly about this and you know have your opinion on how what's going on in your head and
2: yeah, your it heart can be right um, now kind of those. hard
0: to um, you know have that conversation with somebody that's ignorant because you want to yell at them but then they'll just dig their heels in even more so you have to it's really tough to convince these people what's going on
2: Right. Well, I think, Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to like talk about this and bring me on because that's like one of the first things that you can actually do is like the first step is to actually admit that there's something going on because um, a lot of times, you know, people feel if they're being dismissed, if they're saying, what are you talking about? You're crazy. You know what I mean? If you're just kind of like blowing it off, like you don't even acknowledge it. It kind of like like people can't even express themselves now if you're not even acknowledging what's going on. And um, so to address that, the particular thing, I know you talked about the Black Panthers starting in 1966, but the issue really stems from actually the birth of this nation. And uh, we got to go back. Um, and again, I would recommend people to actually, it's, again, it's a tough thing because the ignorance is strong in this country. You know, I, the president that's, you know. Um, basically being the epitome of it. He's, like, the living example of, like, I don't care, I don't want to learn, I don't want to, like, feel empathy, I don't want to know the truth, I'm just going to believe, stay in my bubble. And then, so, again, like, let's just kind of go with the inception of this country, is the fact that we, the... This country was already a country, and people were living here, but we don't even acknowledge the fact that the Native Americans (laughs) were actually the ones that lived here. Right. When the Europeans came here, uh, again... A base of capital. It wasn't, you know, it was for like them to build and say, "Hey, we're going to start a new world," and um, the, again, American history, as they say, history is written by the winners, and I would. Recommend that anyone and everyone actually read the um, Howard Zinn's *The United States History of the, uh, uh, the, the People's History of the United States of America*. That's actually a recommended reading. in the fact that it actually, um, when they say history is written by the winners, the reason why we have the history is saying, "Oh, the Europeans came here for religious freedom," and you know, the pilgrims, it was like Thanksgiving, it was um, kumbaya with the Native Americans, and boom, they brought in the slaves. So they don't—they don't really go into the deep history of like how we came from. 1792 or 1792, Christopher Dis- Columbus discovering America. 1492. Win- 1492, you were correct. That's <laughs> the only thing I know about that part. <laughs> so 1776 179- where they, the inception of the country or this nation has a three-fifths compromise where they says, alright, yeah, everyone's equal, but black people are three-fifths. They're not the full. You know, they can be considered as cattle and slave. So from the inception of like, hey, this is a free country, but yet we have slavery... And we don't even go into the details of like how, like, you know, i what, one of the questions I always ask myself was, like, hey, why didn't they just enslave the Native Americans? And again, history's written by the winners, they won't talk to you about this. But the Native Americans did fight back, they did escape. And the women, um, if they were um, caught in captivity, they would um, put together a concoction of herbs and spices to induce abortion, they would not let their child be born in captivity, they would kill the Yeah, child I did hear that all right so it's one of the things like they don't they they just tell you like how great they are but they don't tell you the resilience and resistance that people put up and um the fact that the idea of property that was another thing that the Native americans argued with them it was like you can't own it they were saying if when you came here the land the tree the river the mountain was here and when you die the land the river the tree and the mountain will still be here how is it yours it belongs to god everyone and they were like, that's another reason they killed him, because the whole concept of, like, Western and property um, property ownership would have been challenged right from the get-go. Because um, they even took him to court, and one of the court cases, they tried him with trespassing, and that was their argument. It's like, you don't own it. It's bo- your idea your piece of paper is nothing. You don't own it. It's like the animals, everything, the wind, like, control. Like, so, that's again, <laughs> I'm getting a little excited, so be about <laughs> Right? No, it's, That's talking normally. But again, if I do this, sometimes people like, get afraid because I'm like, oh my God, he's talking to me. The black man's talking. Bro, dude, I've known you a long time. You are the least scary person I've ever met. <laughs> That's the whole crazy thing. When people actually threaten by me, I'm like, oh my God. Like, and right. I, I try to use it to my advantage, but if they knew how much I was like, no, nope, no, I am not, no. But again, it's just kind of one of those things. Like they actually are in fear of me without even knowing me. And and then the most dangerous person they could have is a person living right next door to them that looks just like them. But because of my skin color and because they've been programmed, again, since the inception of this country to believe, oh, they're less worth of humans. Oh, they enjoy the pain or they feel less pain because they're slaves. So, again, they use the Bible to justify everything. So that's another problem we have is with religion is because religion was used to justify slavery, to justify simplification. It's like, oh, no, the the slave got to listen to the master. That's what the Bible says. Well Jesus said to me well, no no no. Jesus said that for us. That's why they have white Jesus and they say, Oh, you're gonna have your own black Jesus. But <laughs> the bottom religion is there to regulate people. Right. Not, like spirituality does not dictate your relationship with God. Religion is just set up to control people. Absolutely. I mean, like the concept of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, thou shalt not whatever. All of those behaviors are actually in existence and that's what they tried to curb. That's why the law was made that way. Like when they say, Oh, like in the the Jim Crow laws, like, hey, black children and white children cannot play checkers, the reason why they made that law is because obviously black and white children weren't playing checkers. So laws are not made for your safety. Laws are made to try to control people. And the only law I believe in that's the only true law is the law of gravity. (laughs) Everything I love you. Because it's true, gravity applies plastic, yes. everyone equal. Right. To but everything else is a social construct. Why is it there's a, a definition for murder, manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter? Damn. It's the same yep. result. Somebody is dead, and somebody. <laughs> like, well, uh, but we do not have to like, play around. With it. Like, is it the, if it's a black man, it's automatic death penalty? If it's a white man, we're in there. <laughs> I, I think that that the, the, the dead dude on the ground was attacking him, and that's why he had to defend himself, you know? So, well,
1: and, and that's like that goes into the whole like what's happening now. So, in Michigan, a bunch of white dudes with rifles are on the steps of the state house because they can't get fucking haircuts and go bowling. But that's their right, that's in the Constitution. Now, there's peaceful protests with black people and their allies, right? And then it's a big threat because you use the word black, like it's it's. And that's what's really upsetting. And when, you know, and we were talking about this last night, and, Paul, we've talked about this a million times. A kid goes and shoots up a school, and somehow he's yep. still alive. And he murdered how many people? This guy allegedly has a fucking $20 bill. It might not be, like, allegedly has a... Like, there is no fucking reason. Not even a... Rem- if anything, you know what? They should have beat the shit out of the little white kid who shot the school, or he should be dead. You know? Like, how is, how is it that unarmed... Black people are getting killed but kids who are white boys who are shooting up schools are walking out of here and and they're smiling in their fucking pictures when they're getting arrested like it's just it, it you know anyone who argues that this isn't a problem is and I can say the word retarded <laughs> cuz I have ADHD is a fucking retard Well, well
0: another good comparison <laughs> is um with the um the Boston Marathon bombings that that kid he got arrested he's in jail now meanwhile like you said George Floyd <laughs> potentially had a $20 you know fake bill and he gets executed basically
2: yeah
1: right and and, and on like in public and it's it sorry was, about the oh, noise okay. the
2: train yeah. goes by
1: that's okay we usually have we do this in the gym a lot roads and we have little <laughs> kids screaming and all kinds of fun stuff happening it, it helps the well and you know i think that's the thing Rhodes. like like you said it's it's Talking about it, but the fact that it's 2020 and this is a conversation like this—this should have been a conversation. um,
0: People can't relate either. Like they see things happening, but they can't. You know, they don't know the people that are experiencing this. Like, Rose, do you have like any examples of when you've been discriminated against?
2: Well, no. Oh, I can definitely go into it. I mean, like, not that many reasons. I mean, not that many ways I can say it's like blatant or what have you. But in several ways, absolutely. Um, but uh, I just wanted to go into the fact of, like, why like it's systemic and it still persists. And I think, again, it goes way back to the DNA and the founding of this country and not realizing, like, if you can have people that are slave masters and oppressors that can actually believe in their mind that it's okay to have another human being as of furniture a piece of property to do as you will or as you want to do and again if that's the mindset that created and founded this nation you've got to understand that's still part of that idea and it's still somewhat although we had the civil war and they said hey we're gonna stop this did you ever watch that movie or the documentary on netflix called 13 oh, not yet no mm no like, and it talks about the 13th Amendment. And basically, the 13th Amendment hey, the slaves are free unless they've been in prison. And that's why they had that right after they freed the slave, they went in the chain gang and started arresting a bunch of black men. Because, oh, you're in prison now, so we can use you for free labor. And that's why, like, you know how many they work for pennies, but yet all these corporations. Well, Virgie, breaking up a little. He froze yeah. on
1: us. You there? Hey, move That's a little closer to your house. Yeah, oh, all right, you hold on. That's all right. The
2: prison, Wi-Fi. the prison industrial complex. So the fact that the 13th Amendment made it legal now, as long as you're in prison, so you can be in jail, you can be jailed, and you can use free labor. So again, like you got to understand that the whole concept of like them trying to get free is part of the construct of this nation, and. The people that are in power are going to do whatever they can to maintain power and status quo. The, what would you do you uh, mind
1: me interrupting you what would you what would you like in your heart would like to see as like a a step like that people can do now that would make things better. Like what would you say like off the, if there's a a thing I mean it's you know that's obviously a hard question but like that you think could be a change that could be made Not easy, but like something that can happen, start happening right now by, you know, just by as, as, as us, as people who don't have, you know, a huge voice in politics or anything like that, just as like the society, like your friends and family, anything like that, like people who who you know, or just people who you think you can connect with to start doing something. I mean, obviously protesting is one of the things, but did we freeze him? Oh, there he goes.
2: I'm here. No, I was listening, so I would say one of the things um no, essentially uh, as I was saying, it's like all right, maybe I'll sit this way, there'd be a little sunlight you can see my face. <laughs> yeah. No no essentially what I was saying is like, you know, it um it's part of this, country, this country's DNA that they all wanted to have slaves. And so when they did free the slaves after the 13, after the Lincoln the Civil War they 13th amendment and the 13th amendment has a clause in it saying you're free as long as you're not a prisoner so the prison military industrial complex as long as you're a prisoner they can get free labor out of you and so it's not a like a big surprise that after they freed the slaves the majority of people that they started arresting were black people for just loitering or for hanging around it's a crime so you know being black has been criminalized well because like once they freed quote unquote freed you they had to have a reason now to put you back in chains to get you, you know, to do the labor. And, again, like, if you were a former slave master, they just said your slaves are free, like, and they said all you have to do is arrest them and you can get them back again, you know. you All you have to do is basically think about it, deputize yourself as a sheriff and say, they're loitering, they're now back in, you know, right. in prison. The whole chain gang thing occurs. So there's a lot of things that are going on, like, again, we don't address it because we don't, like, really emphasize to study the true history of this country. It's like, it's so whitewashed that we're, like, so beautiful and so great. It's like, yeah, like, we're great at lying. We're great at You know, great at marketing and smoke and mirrors, but when it comes down to the truth, like, if really people read the the Constitution, they would realize how much power that they have and the reason that the forefathers had written this is to make sure that, you know, government doesn't go crazy with, you know, with the power and tyranny doesn't take over. So... There's, again, the idea of, like, racism was definitely indoctrinated into this country because they brought um black slaves over. Because they had indentured servants at first. And indentured servants, if people don't know, were people that came from Europe but couldn't afford to, to pay for the trip over from Europe to America. And so when they came over here, they're like, all right, you're a slave for seven years, but after seven years, you're free to go. And your kids are free. You're born or whatever. But you guys, are like, so again, they became the poor white people. And when they, uh, on 1619, when they imported the first 15 black slaves to, to Jamestown in Virginia, that was like, oh, wow, like, we can keep them, we can keep their kids, and they have no rights, they don't look like us, and just by the branding of their skin color, we can now say these are slaves, and, you know, these people aren't, and stuff, so... It just kind of like it, it was a, a insidious, but it's a natural progression, I guess. Like it, with that mentality, if you really like believe in that mentality, for them to be like, okay, and again, they used like the Bible, whatever they use to justify, like yes, slavery is gonna make them better. Like we're helping them out by doing this, you know? Right. <laughs> like they don't feel the pain, no, no, no. So it's like they, like so, and after they freed the slaves, in order to like again. Keep the the status quo, keep their the the hierarchy of um, white supremacy going. That was a way of like making sure that the, they made sure that they separated the races. They made law like the, Remember how I told you in regards to why do you make laws like in the books is because people are doing those things so you want to stop the people from doing that. So right. laws are in the books saying like especially there some some states in the south like like from the inception they were like black men cannot marry outside like white women cannot marry black men period and that was like in the book like, yeah. yeah so i'm like okay so why is that a law it's because it was happening and they didn't know they didn't like it and then so they always made sure to work to keep the because again if you divide and conquer you keep the people separated the people in power that are in control they just like keep the you know the, them fighting about the races but like, like let's just keep collecting our money and keep getting rich in this slave to us. fighting
1: if- right and and that's the thing like children don't have that like children don't children aren't born race like racist like children play they're they like each other you don't have to you know there's nothing a child knows of this until they're taught I mean
2: well I mean no the, the child like will get hungry they'll bite each other and fight right, but they ain't yeah. gonna be racist <laughs> about it they're right. gonna if y want I don't care who I'm getting it from they'll fight with you you know they don't realize but it's like no you're right it, like the fact that when it comes to the point where it's like you can say that one person's better than the other because of this and that's that's when the whole problem exists and it's and it, until that idea until people can actually like like you know I can't remember is it, I think Bob Marley quoted Asi Salah, um Asi Singh, and he said until the philosophy that holds one race inferior one race superior is completely abolished, completely dis-gone, there's always gonna be war. There's always gonna be issues. So like until people actually recognize that we're all humans, we all live on one freaking planet, Mother Earth, right. And the sun is our father, the soul so shoot those no sperm so sperm rays to Mother Earth and that. You no. Know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's now, how the, so our relationship of the universe.
1: I um I don't know if you caught uh, uh, oh um last right before you were getting cut in and out, what do you like in your opinion and like in your like heart, what would you like to see like Now that can be done by, you know, we're not obviously, we don't have any political standing and this and that. So, what we could do, you know, as your friends or just as a group of people who want change and, you know, everyone feels helpless, you know, right now and especially now more than ever, you know, with just our society. And I mean, even before this happened, it was happening. But before more of the uprising, where people are like "fuck this," no one, we can't take this anymore. This has to change. Like, what can we do, in your opinion, and like it, that would make you see, like that you feel like you could see some kind of change happen, like as you know, as a community. What what could people do better, in your well, opinion?
2: In my opinion, again, I have lived in many different places and different countries and stuff, and so like one of the things I will say is like, okay, the idea that we're talking is one thing, but the other idea is like, hey, if you see something, say something. Like, nice. you know, if you see some sort of injustice or something that's kind of like not right, you know, question it or just ask people questions and don't be afraid to like, because uh, I'll share a story with you as a, um, a child growing up in Montreal canada and then they were you know <laughs> french, french kids and like I, um we were in like this is a second or third grade and one of the kids like one of the kids like again the equivalent of the n-word in canada at the time i don't know if it's changed what the swear words are now you know they always swear words always kind of change but the equivalent of the n-word was chocolate so it'd be like ooh, you called him chocolate Ooh, i called him no. but the thing the the point of the story was like some kid called me chocolate and it was my other white friends that stood up and this is in second grade they're like in French they said we will not stand for this kind of (laughs) around here you need to leave (laughs) and I was like And then come to America, like it was crazy. I was like, Mom, like literally, I was like, Mom, Dad, where are all the white people? Because we like, when you come to America, all uh, the neighborhoods are segregated. It's like they're like, Well, in America, you know, in South Africa, it's called apartheid. In America, we just call it the zip code. You know. <laughs> so it's like, hey. We have our own system. They got their own system. So it was literally, it was just, it, it was kind of mind-blowing in the fact that, like, okay, like here, like when I first moved here from back from Canada, because I was born here, I lived in Haiti and then moved to Montreal. So in Haiti, you're like living all amongst black people, you know, so it's like, hey, you see black police chief, black, you know, whatever, drivers, whatever, everything, everyone does everything. So you come here. And you're like, okay, I moved to Montreal and I moved back to Boston, and it was just kind of like, okay, you saw like, all right, like you didn't see everyone in every role. You were like, okay, we're either mostly laborers, factory workers, what have you, and then the younger generation was going to school to better themselves and stuff. But the that you know, that's one of the things that I noticed is the fact that if people themselves, if we have allies in the community, that will help.
1: Okay, yeah, and just to speak up.
2: Yes, to speak up if you see something going on. You know that they say? See something, say something. Say you know?
1: something, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you remember. My mom actually brought this up yesterday. So I have an example where you were discriminated against. Now, not that we drink like this anymore, but this was years ago. When we were at a bar in Fall River, and we were drinking, like, margaritas or something. Like, it she brought it up, and it slipped my mind. We were at a bar in Fall River. It was me, you, and her, and some guy came out when we left and got in your face for, like, no reason. And my mom got in his face, and me and you had to get my mom. <laughs> do you remember this? <laughs> yes. So she told me the story, and, I, and it came back to me. And I'm like, oh, my, my Because well, me and my mom, God. we had been bar hopping all day. And then you came I, I and met us. That. And my mom goes, Rhodes had one drink, and the guy followed the three of us out and got in your face. And you didn't even sit, like. Some random guy started getting in your face. She's like, and my mom's like, "What's your problem, asshole?" And you're like, "Oh, damn!" Like we, we like, and my mom and Paul. You've met my mom. She's for any listeners. She when she gets, she's Italian, and she gets a couple of drinks in her. She can get a little. Usually, she's pretty reserved and quiet, and yells at me for saying the f word too much. But you give that woman a little bit of booze, and it's a whole other story. And Rhodes is like her baby, and that was it. She was like, "What is the asshole?" Blah blah blah. And you're like, "All right, let's get your mom out of here." Like. And and again that was like I was it was a proud moment for me cuz my mom is like kicking ass but I didn't remember that until she reminded me and I was like holy shit I do that was what 2011 maybe like
2: 10 years ago almost uh, So it's like you again, remember it, that now you bring 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 it up you brought it up now I remember it but yes but again it's like so many of those incidents It's, like I'm like how many you, no I can't count them I, I can remember like you know. oh yeah the ones that personally by myself I experienced I remember them but the ones like even with your birthday party the 40th birthday party that I, was crazy. Fucking I was guy like, across I was the street. Like, I, like, literally he lived across the street and what, I was
0: what, like, ha- what uh, happened with that dude
1: <laughs> this guy I talked to I,
0: is it something you can talk about
1: so I tried he's the guy across the street He he lives across the street. When we first moved in, I like knocked on the door to meet all. (laughs) And you know me, I'm like, I want to meet all my neighbors, especially because I have loud parties. And if I invite them, they're not going to call the cops. That's all my (laughs) motto is, you know. So I'm like trying, and like he grunted at me a couple times, like basically assuming he's not ever going to come by. I'm like, hey, blah blah blah, Adriana. My at the time it was my girlfriend Cindy. Blah blah blah. You know, barely never said anything, never sits on the porch, smokes butts all the time, never says anything. All my other neighbors are wicked cool people, super sweet. And we're having my party. I was in an air, uh, at the walking boot at the time. I had broken my ankle and there was Mm. only a few of us left at the party. And Rhodes always stays like he, he's like one of the late guys with us, like me cindy um my wife cindy she was in the house in the beginning when this happened your friend tegan the comedian and yeah. Corey and cindy and i think like one other person maybe and he yeah. came over and like i was i was in like the kind of a side of the like in the edge of the yard and did not he get like right in your face so yeah we were drinking like we were partying and he was like in rose's face like what are you doing here and of yeah. course i'm like all fired up and they're trying not to let me say anything and
2: like you remember, what did he actually say to you? Like no, like literally, that's what he said. Like, what are you oh doing? here? Do you belong here, and I was like, yeah, I, I, I literally right. was like, like in my mind, I was like, I was invited, so <laughs>
1: like. Well, geez, and that's, that's the here. thing. In, in, You know, Rhodes and Cindy was upset. She's talked about it recently again, how upset she was that she... Because, you know, you were like, let's just kill him with kindness. We don't need to sink to his level. And, of course, I'm (laughs) hammered. I'm like, fuck that motherfucker. And I'm like... And they're Teagan and them were, like, putting me in the back. And he ended up leaving and coming back. And Cindy didn't know what was um, what he was there for. So she starts talking to him. He, she's like, he's being all weird. And he's like, yeah, I was just doing a safety check. She goes, what are you, a firefighter? Because we light off fireworks and we have fires. And me and Rhodes were on the deck dancing. And I had my boot on. And he's like, yeah, you're OK with that? She's like, OK, with what? She's like, he won't drop her. So Cindy is like oblivious to what's going on. It's like, he won't <laughs> drop her. He's He'll take good care of her. He's known her 20 years. And he's like, oh, and he got all weird and he left. So flash forward, we've never talked to him again since. I get hammered one night, and I'm telling a friend the story, and I'm all fired up. And I get home. Cindy had to drive, because when I got home, I was, I'm was i screaming in the street. I don't remember it. I'm like, fuck that racist motherfucker. So I guess he texts Cindy later that night, because he ended up get she took his number, or he took her number, or whatever. And I was like, am I the racist neighbor? Like, if you have to ask <laughs> if you're the racist neighbor, you're probably the racist neighbor. <laughs> like, so we've never said anything to him since oh. I won't even look at him, and you know... His mom and his sister, he wasn't home that night when I was screaming. So his mom and his sister must have been like, oh, they were screaming about the racist neighbor. So you know he must say shit at home if they know (laughs) who the racist neighbor is, that it's their kid or their boyfriend or whatever. Like that, I just couldn't believe I lived near that. You know, like, I mean, everyone else is so cool in my neighborhood and he doesn't say a fucking word to us and we don't say a word to him. But like the fact that that happened like first of all Rhodes is like a brother to me so that alone and then the fact that it's like all right right across the street from me this is happening in our neighborhood like it's just it was appalling I I never you know and and it was Rhodes is basically the one who diffused it because I think of actually I think me and Thea were the ones who were getting the most rowdy <laughs> yeah, about it, it was little fight, like, I said,
2: yeah. well <laughs>
1: Rhodes saw me and
2: Thea getting
1: I still up to jail tonight. well that's <laughs> it and <laughs> we we got in a fight at Ro- at the bar. Rhodes uh, used to work. Do he used to do like the lights and mm-hmm. the sound over there? It, we got in a fight with a bouncer once. Me and the girl, the other girl, Cindy. So he knew we were drunk. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Oh no, these two! He- you were like, get these girls out of here!" I'm like, "Where are we get out of here? Like." I mean, you handled it great, Rhodes. Like we, we, and you know, that's the thing. And I talked to Cindy about it and sh- she's like, you know, I, I go, but that's the thing. Rhodes mm-hmm. deals with this all the time. So like we were so upset because it's like, it's we're, we're appalled by it happening and you have to deal with this all the time. So it's not that you're not appalled. It's just, it's, it's a way of life for you. And that's not. Just yeah. to have to say that about you, like, honestly, like, I'm not trying, no one can see me anyway if I cry, but I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to get, like, it, it hurts me because cause of it, like, when I think about you, like, what kind of person you are, like, it's, I, I could never understand how you feel, but I, like, my heart, like, just melts and, like, hurts for you when I think about that, like, that you, this is a daily thing, not daily, but it happens more regular than not yes. and that it happened here like in you know and I'm it, it and until you have friends who you're close to i don't think some people really get it and they don't try to get it no, they
2: like, don't. In- that, that, that is one of the things like you actually like you can see it you observe it and i've been with friends that i've known for years and stuff will happen to me right in front of them and it'll just go over their head it'll just like One time a dude was, uh, like, I'm with my friend, um, friend Joe, white dude, and a guy comes up to him and, um, we were, like, um, we were at the bar drinking and so we, are like, agreed to go to another bar and the guy goes to him, oh, you, um... I was—he said something where to the effect where he's like, "Oh, like he—he he didn't call me yo dog or whatever, like not like because that there, you know people call each other dog, yo what up dog, what up my boy, you know." Right. He said something to be like, "Are you gonna keep your you gonna keep control of your dog there?" Oh and I was like, oh "Again, God. he, my friend, it just kind of flew over his head, didn't even think about." It. I was like, "Yeah," and I should have just, again, walked away right then and there and been like, "That's it." But no, being a good, loyal friend, I'm like, I don't want my friend to go with this dude. Like, I don't know where he's going. But it's like, I should have just, and then he could, yeah. But then I would have been a bad friend for leaving my friend with that dude. I was just like, but I don't want to go into the story any further. All I know, all I know is like, it ended up being bad. And again, it was like, I knew this guy was bad news and stuff. But it was just kind of like.
1: And the other dude didn't even realize it.
2: Nope, he did not. He did not. Well, and I
1: think that's, that's something too, where, you know. It, it, it's almost like I can't understand how people don't see it, but I'm also like, you know, I get defensive, and I've dated people, I've dated girls and guys who are black, so like I've been in a relationship where I've caught it because it's an interracial relationship, so you notice it. But I'm also defensive, of, you know, I I I almost lo- not that I look for it, but I'm on guard a little because I'm like waiting. To, like, you know, say something. Like, <laughs> and I'm not trying to be confrontational. I think I just feel a little well, protective, if that makes well, sense. We're
0: sensitive yeah. to that, too, You know, like, we pick up on. <laughs> it's because we're sensitive about Yeah,
1: Paul's very sensitive, yeah, too. And, like, that's the thing. I think people who are a little more empathetic, maybe, too, get it. Or, you know, if you... It, it, I think a lot of... The, in my opinion, a lot of the problem is, too, people need to meet people and integrate mm-hmm. themselves. And, like, if you don't try to meet people and just get into situations where you're able to meet people and you're just stuck in a little bubble like how are you going to grow and as people we, you know it's yeah, oh, yeah it, it's and Rhodes, you know what you I I was telling uh, a person actually that I work with like a client of mine I'm like you know you're a comedian and you make a funny joke but it's like Funny, but in the same respect, the joke where you're like, oh, I, all my white friends want to take me shopping so they can go shoplift and I'm going to get followed around the store. You know that joke you make as yes, a comedy? Yes. And it's, yes. it's funny, but it's also like not the fact that you, you know, of course, it's we're all laughing because it, you know, but in the the heart of it is like, it's, and I said, I was telling the girl I work with, I go, it's a hilarious joke. And Rhodes is a funny fucking dude. I'm like, but especially times like now, I'm like, part of it makes me mad that he has to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like it's a offed- I'm like, I'm white and I'm offended for him. You know, like it's, it's, I think that's where I'll never understand. And I won't try to understand, but the people. People trying to understand and people being empathetic, like you can't say I get it, like oh, you know, people stare at me too because I do this. Like, no, you don't get it. You won't get it. But you can try to have some empathy and, like you said, say something and if you see something, you know.
2: Yeah, I no, thank you. I agree. Uh, like 100% in in that regards like you know people do say and that's the thing people do see things and they do say things but apparently if you say something if you see something you say something and it's about the government they they don't believe you (laughs) yeah you know they made up the slogan say something but when you see you know apparently if you see something say something you're a snitch and then snitches get jail time according to Trump (laughs) Uh, the American government not just Trump but you know
1: Oh, he is You're something like, else, man. No, but
2: it's true. Like you know, like yeah. you know, it stitches. But the government's the same way. Like whistleblowers get jail time. So right. Or they no don't know nobody... them. What?
1: No one believes them. <laughs> like you have these highly, highly decorated officials who are bipartisan and like spent like 40 years of their careers working for different presidents, but uh, who are like generals and all these other crazy like. You know, bend to yeah. wars, but we're not going to believe them because Trump's Trump's just saying it's not true.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is, it's, uh, well, it's another one of those things: see, uh, see something, say something. But when they said that, they were talking about Muslims and people of color. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. right,
2: right. They were talking about yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a they good didn't point, want... actually. Yeah,
1: that's true. I uh, now that you said that, it was it was that yeah. whole terrorist shit. It wasn't,
2: and then and, and we two turned out to be the real terrorists. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> the so, Rose, of let the me.
2: The mass destruction hmm, with the riot let me, gear. Hmm.
1: Let me ask you a little bit about your uh, Corona to comedy and where where we can find you doing comedy.
2: wow oh, well tonight, um, I will go on Micadelic. If you go on Facebook, you go to either my page or the Micadelic page. Okay. Um, I it'll have a list of what time the different performers go on. And then I usually sign up. And that's because there's no stand-up open, no place to actually go perform stand-up. And it's weird performing stand-up in front of a laptop <laughs> and no audience members actually right there to interact with. So it feels more like a monologue. And it's like, because you don't hear the reaction of people laughing or cracking or whatever. And so that's what I'm doing these days. is, And I'm also trying to reset up um, my podcast. Like, this is like the third, like, this is the We The People point three. <laughs> Because the first, well, the first two seasons are, like, in the books, but, again, different producers, so um, I have not yet um, um, commenced the third season after the Corona thing um, episode when things start getting a little bit more back to normal, I definitely want to start that back up again, because I like actually having my guests next to me, we meet, as opposed to, like, doing everything through Skype or what have you, so, but so if you want to see me here you can go on youtube and catch all old videos but as far as like um currently that's what i'm doing is usually like um is wednesday or saturday nights i i'm on um, that page doing like 15 minutes worth of like a monologue or something now
1: will you be on youtube after you're on that page with that the you the facebook one
2: um, no, it, it goes on Facebook live. I don't think he puts it on YouTube because it's um, someone else's page that organizes it.
1: You know, I you're think... making me get back on Facebook to watch you and I don't
2: want to be on Facebook. <laughs> uh, you're no, worth it. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 it's only again, it's live. So that right then and there, you're only going to be watching at that time. And after. then get
1: off.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you don't have to like sit on there. And you, you know what? I The one thing I did that I think helps out in regards to that is take the Facebook and put it inside a folder on your phone. So okay. in order, like it's not the the icons not right there. You can't push on it. You have to push on two or three icons before you actually get to the Facebook page. And I feel that that helps, like because I only I leave Messenger up so I can talk to people through Messenger. But yeah. the Facebook icon, I won't go on Facebook unless it's like at night or like on the weekend when I know okay I'm going to waste an hour or two just kind of flipping through things because it's like yeah you can you go there and again like things get said and pictures get put up there and you're like yeah oh! exactly. <laughs> And you get engaged. Oh yeah! But you know what? Um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg commissioned a study about Facebook, and he found out that Facebook is very or more profitable when people are fighting. So that's why he doesn't want do fact checking against the president because he makes more money when people are fighting on Facebook.
1: Well, and you know, I, I don't have a problem not, like, I have it, I deactivated it. I don't have a problem where I'll actually go on it much. I just get so fed up that the feeling of deactivating it feels good, because I'm like, fuck this, I'm not, like, I don't actually usually have an urge to get out. Even my yoga videos, I didn't have much of an urge to look at much, but when I turned it on to get my yoga, like, or, you know, people request stuff, so I'd have to go look, and then when I catch, like, my old karate teacher, like w- like, I just, there's some people I still want to like, and I'm like, if I even see one more thing from you, I'll never like you again. And it's like, th- my I liked my karate teacher growing up and I'm like starting to have like, I'm like looking at some of the shitty posts and I'm like, this fucking guy's an asshole. Like, you know, so it's kind of <laughs> like, I, I don't want to see it. I'm like, I don't want to ruin that childhood memory of the person I used to look up to. Oh. You know, I'm, like what a dick, I'd like to fucking beat his ass. Like I see it and I'm like, oh, man, I used to look up to him. He used to be like a hero and it, it really ruined my opinion, you know?
2: Like it's crazy when you find out how many like I am like, okay, you know what? Like you eat what you want to be, but it's like when I find out the people that I know, like even family members and Trump supporters, it's just shocking to me. Shocking. Oh yeah. I'm like, wait, you are you really are black and you are supporting Trump. And they're like, <laughs> I'm like you're Hispanic and you're supporting Trump. Like, I am just blown away by that. But again, right. each their own. I don't like go crazy and like, hey, you're, you know, I tell them, like, you know, like kind of make sure you guys are keeping your eyes open. And, oh, he gave me $1,200 stimulus. I'm like, that was your money in the first place. You already paid right. back that money he didn't give right. you anything it didn't come out of his personal pocket it didn't you know it wasn't you know it was like oh he's it's like he signed a piece of paper so congress is actually the one that allocated the money not him no. and i kind of like get that to people's head like oh no and i'm like ah, oh, like he lied well again uh, this is not about him this is about like what's going on the, the thing that's going on in this country right now is the fact that people are like at least more aware Because, you know, the systemic um, thing, again, with what happened with George Floyd was the police brutality. And that's another thing. Like, the narrative, the people that control um, America with the mass media, again, they control the mass media. They control the lobbyists. They control the lawyers. They control the legislation because they're the ones with access and money and power. And we're just kind of like sitting there and um, taking it and that's why people are out, like you know Martin Luther King said, the right is the voice of the people that can't be heard and that's why they're going out there and doing this and again they're protesters not rioters, I shouldn't fall into that whole thing and the idea that a couple of people or some organization takes advantage of the fact that people are protesting to loot that, you know, that's, I'm sorry that those are like the 0. .105% of the people out there doing that and the rest of the people are actually there for the cause. For the, right the reasons, that, right. and, and, for the right reasons, right. For the right yeah, exactly. And the thing is, police brutality, they try to, like, t- print this narrative that it's only black people that get hurt by cops. It's not true. White people get hurt by cops, but when c- white people sue them, they actually get money. When black people sue them, they're like, oh, you ain't getting nothing. And that's another thing too, where the justice system is messed <laughs> up. Like, uh, like the, the, the thing is, it's like, people are like, oh, the justice system, it's so, if it's so good, how come they're, like, again, they don't put this up in the mass media. How many um, people have been wrongly convicted, and now oh, yeah. they are uh, they like they sue the state and they get out and they're like and they kept telling the state for years and years we have DNA we have this but yet because the and this is white people that this happened to so imagine what black people go through and they don't have the representation don't have the family. it's like so the justice system needs a complete overhaul and the fact the idea is like when they've militarized the police and the police is versus us and them I mean. That's I mean, where the problems are really... That, yeah, exactly. The police should be representing the people. They should be protecting. protecting, and serve who? Are you protecting and serving property, or are you protecting and serving the people? You know what I mean? So, right, they, right. the um, whole focus should not be on, like... And that's another thing, too. They should actually be required to read this book called Verbal Judo. <laughs> <And> then,
1: <laughs> hey, no. Paul puts all these books on the show notes, so anybody, any book you mention, yeah, he's, yeah, he's on Yeah,
0: right it. in the Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> I saw you go, and I was like,
2: "He's got it, this." Like literally, it's a book that cops should be reading, and it was, um, um, it was required read. It should have been required reading. Or it was required reading for a lot of police departments, and about de-escalating, and about like you, and the fact that the, their appearance the, it is should be enough to like you know take over a situation that they don't need to actually. Put their hands on people to get physical about it and stuff. They have, they have other ways of use, you know, to use their words, not their guns, mm-hmm. you know. So, so there's so many things that are going on as far as like um, the people behind the scenes. Like the analogy I like to use is like people that uh, if you went to high school, you voted for your class president, your class vice president, treasurer, and stuff. But could they ever cancel school? Mm-hmm. No. No. Okay. <laughs> right all right so that's that's exactly what it is we vote for these people and put them in power but there's someone behind yep. the scenes that's actually controlling and more that's even like the the brick and mortar things that are being um run so that's again like people are like well like you know this can be done that can be done but it's like you have like what what we call it, legislators sitting in um letters, sit in the Senate and they make laws to protect their own interests? Like, right. if you are a senator and you are you own a payday loan or predatory lo- loaning, um, kind of like um, entity, what makes you think you're gonna pass a law to shut down your own business? Right. So you can't elect people with those kind of interests. Like the the idea that people are going into the the, the to, to protect their profits, that's why they go into the, the you want to one of the money's, you know working for them. So. Well, and
1: I won't, I won't keep us too much longer, but I want to touch on one thing that you said. Um, I volunteered at the Wyatt Detention, well, and I spent some time there, but I volunteered at the Wyatt Detention Facility and um, I had to do an orientation and on the back, it tells you who owns it. One of the owners of the Wyatt Detention Facility was Foxwoods. It was like the U.S. Marshal or the FBI, I can't remember which, like, and and Foxwoods I'm like a casino owns a jail <laughs> like yes. just to think it was three different entities who owned it I wish I could remember the third but they none of them need like the people who owned it shouldn't have all like it shouldn't be a private company and yeah. you know to to get back on that whole yeah. thing in federal prison there's a thing called unicorn it's like the $7 a week job which is a high paying job in federal prison um they make pieces of basically like, obviously they don't make a full weapon, but they make pieces of weapons for the military. So each federal prison has, most of them have Unicor, as far as I can understand. And So like, let's say me and you are stuck there and we make the gears. The gears get sent here. These people make these things. And then all the pieces that get made get sent to like probably a place that are not prisoners because they don't want them making weapons. But they're, they're being, you have federal prisoners making weapons for $7 a week. So yes. it kind of touches on what you said. It's and,
2: um, a military industrial complex they're getting yeah. free labor and by construct and by design. Um, I mean there are things like again like you can want like I, I'll send you a whole list of like um, material like that way you can follow. but again, I tell people use YouTube like the YouTube you can either master fate or master you know something else. But, like, (laughs) it it is...
1: Well, speaking of masturbating, I mean, we love that on this
2: show. So, (laughs) the bottom line is, is you can do, like, there's so much you can learn from there. I mean, there's, like, videos on racism. There's videos on how to build stuff and how to fix stuff. There's videos on history. It's, like, so, it's, like, I mean, you ever read the book Animal Farm? Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. All right. So, Animal Farm is a great little movie to like, tell people to watch on YouTube. Um... The the, the the Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like, they have little videos there, like the Nellie Fuller cartoons. There's so much information out there that can just kind of, like, open up people. Educate. Like, educate people, like Zeitgeist. You ever heard of that one? It
0: sounds familiar. Mm-hmm.
2: No. Zeitgeist video, it's... Z-E-I-G-E-I-S-T and I believe it's a German word for like the com common consciousness or something of that nature. And that's a great one. And it talked about the formation of religion and how like, you know, again, religion was made to regulate people, to make rules so they can control the society. It was never about getting you closer to God. It was about like the hierarchy and control. So like that's why they killed Jesus was because Jesus said, You don't need a church. You just need to pray to God by yourself. And they were like (laughs) <laughs> we need our 10% a week, mofo. <laughs> yeah. mm, we need the collectors. We need them to come in every Sunday so we can know what what's going on in their lives, so we can control them. So, yeah. You know, because he was a revolutionary. He went in there and broke up the church, flipped over the money makers. It's like, y'all can't be in here. This is not what God's house is supposed to be. And then they, again, they killed him. Like my dad had a running theory. My dad said, if Jesus came back today, the CIA would kill him because they want to maintain their power. They don't want—they don't want Jesus to cure everyone. <laughs> they don't want Jesus to heal everyone. and Everyone be happy. They're like, how are they gonna be in control then? It's about maintaining their control and power. Yep. So what happened? <laughs> Adriana <had> left.
0: <laughs> like we happen? lost her. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, so it's two or three. Two or three in the call. Yeah. Right, oh, so what was the? All right, I'm writing down these books. So What was the so the history of the people? Ver- there was one that you said earlier.
2: Yep. Howard Zinn's The People's History of the United States of America. And that's a big read. Um, verbal Judo. And this one's The Gentle Art of Persuasion.
0: Okay, yep, I wrote that one down. Yep.
2: And then the other ones were like, I mean, things for eco- the economy. I mean, I'm talking about Rich Dad, Poor Dad and um and that was by robert osaka osaki osaka
0: all right and then um i'm actually reading right now um tears we we cannot stop have you heard of that no. mike luckmore dyson it's um tears we we cannot stop a sermon to white america oh <laughs> yeah, wow so i just started that no, this I, week I, so that's really good so far <laughs> wow. Yeah, and he made. I gotta check. It out yeah, he made a really good comparison too, with um, like how everybody was upset that um OJ got found not guilty, but then yeah. you see like all these cops that are like on film murdering people and they yeah. get off. Yeah. So, so imagine and, how, and the how, one... how, how Black America feels when you see that. Oh
2: yeah. Exactly. Like you, you seen um you you know Ben Crump. No. He's like, for Michael Brown and the, the the Ferguson family. He wrote a book, Open Season. Oh, okay. That sounds familiar. Yep. Yeah, it's a really good book. It's like, just so many um, crazy, crazy, like, cop stories of them saying, oh no, I felt threatened. And I'm like, going like, one of the big the one of the first ones that he, you go when you're reading in the book the guy was in the back of the police car handcuffed and yet he was shot in the chest and they said they felt threatened because he was <laughs> like the how do you feel threatened that someone's handcuffed in the back of a car and he still gets shot yeah yeah so it's unbelievable and, they, and those cops still got off they still got off they didn't get charged with murder yeah
0: yeah and it's happening it's, all the time but uh I'm just glad to see with um all these protests and everything, I'm starting to see more white people in these protests. Uh, yes I think people are actually seeing Absolutely. it now.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh no, they they can recall in the back of their mind they're like going like, Wait, did that incident occur? Oh wow maybe that was kind of like a racist thing that, because, again, sometimes it just flies by them and they don't realize it, and then when they do realize it, it's like a little while later, they think about it like, yeah, that is something messed up to say to someone, and they think about it like not in like black, they just think like is human being to human being, is that something that you would say to someone at this point mm-hmm. in time? Yep, yep. Like, what's going on? Like, why? You know, so, uh, well, wow, it's so crazy. So, like, the, do we? the show usually goes for an hour or so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So you're gonna sign off? Yeah,
0: I've got to get ready to <laughs> sign off. Yeah, I got to get back to work now. <laughs> uh. okay, okay. All right. So, um, how you want to tell people how they can reach you?
2: Sure, sure. Um, again, my name is Rhodes Pierre, and if, um, you can Google me. Um, like I do my my day gig is actually I help people um with financial planning. And um, so that's probably what will pop up is my, my um, professional page. But I do stand up comedy, and I have a podcast that'll be coming out again. But um, Wednesday night or Saturday night on the Micah page on Facebook, or just look me up and you'll see me on there. And um, and that's about it. I'm not before I don't know if I'm performing any weddings this year, you know, because yeah. yeah, <laughs> I had. I am not not sure if it's still on, so we'll see. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, Adriana's not here, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be coming up on a year for their anniversary, Adriana and Cindy's already here.
2: Yeah, 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 actually, that's very true, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Wow. All right, all right. And, all right, and then
0: um, people can find me at the Roadrunner on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. And you can email, room. Me, yeah, R H O D E, <laughs> kind of like almost like how you spell <laughs> your name.
2: <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, uh, that's why. So Adriana just texted me. You saw the text. She said her phone died on her. Can you just sign her out when she's done? She said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then uh, I'll speak for Adriana. She's at a Joy Lifestyle on Instagram, and as you've heard, she's like given up on Facebook. So. <laughs>
2: What is it called? Joint Lifestyle? It, it, on
0: Instagram? Enjoy Lifestyle. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay.
2: Yeah, because okay. yeah, i was like going like, get on Instagram, they're like, "Now nah, forget the Facebook, go on Instagram, and I'm like, I'm still I'm still stuck on Facebook for a little bit, so I don't know yeah, yet.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, I like you a Facebook, but I'm still on it. So.
0: Yeah, I, I go on there to sort of post the stuff. I try to not get sucked into all that crap, but <laughs> it's so tough. All
2: right,
0: and then you can email me at the roadrunner one, that's the number one at gmail.com. All right. oh,
2: okay. Okay. That's about it. Yeah. You call me Rhodes, Rhodes. Pierre at gmail. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can just Google me, Rhodes, as in Rhode Island with an S, Pierre, P-I-E-R-E, and you'll find me. All right. Awesome. Oh, thank,
0: thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. This has been great. We really needed this.
2: Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, this was awesome. It's like, like, I was, oh my God, I was able to, you know, say say some things and get some things off my chest. Thank you for that opportunity. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, you'll have to come on again, so, <laughs> yeah, we can talk to you. Yeah, us. anytime, yeah, let yeah, me know. we can talk about anything, so, yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. awesome. This nation was founded by men of many nations and backgrounds. It was founded on the principle that all men are created equal, and that the rights of every man are diminished when the rights of one man are threatened. One, two, three, four.
2: Mother, mother,
0: there's too many of you crying. Brother, 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 I'm not afraid to